It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. Welcome into the Virtual Bible Study tonight. We're glad you're a part of it. Uh, this is the Virtual Bible Study for February 1st, 2007. We're live and now we're ready to go and we hope you'll stay tuned. We've got an interesting program planned for tonight, and we hope you'll take a minute to join in on the discussion. You can do so by calling 931-381-4567, 931-381-4567, or by emailing your questions or comments to questions at collegeview.com. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Welcome to the Virtual Bible Study tonight. Jacob, good to be with you. We look forward to our discussion, and as you already said, we hope that those who are listening will feel free to join in. Uh, we've got an interesting uh our planned and we think you'll want to be a part of it so get ready to send emails or give us phone calls uh, we'd be glad to hear from you we have a special guest tonight uh, joining us on the phone from columbia tennessee uh, josh is here josh is an atheist who contacted us this week about our program and he joins us tonight to talk some about atheism to help us uh, understand a little bit about where he's coming from and hopefully help him to understand where we're coming from Josh, hello. Welcome to the Virtual Bible Study. Greg, Jacob, thanks a lot. I really appreciate this opportunity to talk to you guys. Well, we're glad that you're here, Josh. And um, tell us, you know, first off, I guess, as an atheist, the burning question on our minds right now is, how'd you find out about the Virtual Bible Study? Oh, well, uh, actually, I read an article in the paper uh, that was uh, leading up to your show with uh, uh, Shirley Phelps Roper concerning the Westboro Baptist Church. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I've I've tried to uh, meet these people. I've tried to meet Shirley Phelps Roper, and I've tried to uh, have a discourse with uh, the Westboro Baptist Church. Uh, basically, uh, I'm coming from the standpoint of, you know, a lot of people who are, whose feelings are hurt by their actions. And uh, I went to Huntsville back in uh, uh, November of last year, and uh, there was a bus crash, you all might remember, that happened on I-565. Yeah. Uh, well, some of the students that were on that bus uh, died in that bus crash, and that was, you know, a tragedy. I mean, it, it was had no rhyme or reason to it. And uh, when we, we were uh, sitting around the house, and I happened to go to... The Westboro Baptist Church website, uh, I'm not going to mention it. Everybody probably knows what, what it is. If you, yeah. you want to mention it, we can. No, we don't have to. That will save people the grief. Uh, and I, I check their bulletins to see what they're doing to see if they're going to be nearby. And I happened to notice that they were going to protest the funeral of Nicole Ford, who was one of the students who died in the bus crash. And for a lot of people out there, we're not, we're not we don't really look deep into the story uh, sometimes, but this one happened to catch my attention because uh, Nicole was a victim of a, a tragedy four years ago, 
her her allegedly her boyfriend uh, shot her in the face, and it caused some paralysis. Well, that wouldn't have been so bad, except that she was also pregnant with his child. Um, so she had the, she had the baby, and now it's four years later, and she had changed her life. Uh, she had gone to school. Uh, she was active in her church. She was doing everything right. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, by, by standards, I mean, for her situation, she was doing everything. And so, you, so you and the others were upset uh, that the Westboro Baptist Church was, was trying to protest that funeral. And, yes, of course, you were, we, we would join you in that disgusting reaction to them. In fact, that's the reason why we contacted them and were, were uh, able to get Shirley Phelps Roper to talk with us on our program to try and understand why in the world they would be doing such outrageous things. But long story here, uh, trying to save a little time, you, you had an interest in that program because you had had some past experience trying to contact that group. I, I understand that they did not let you get close or have any contact at that funeral. No, because of, I mean, I understand freedom of speech, but at the same respect, they wouldn't let anyone get close because they were worried about them getting hurt. And, you know, despite the best intentions of anyone, they weren't letting anyone get close enough to discuss anything with them. But So that, that's what led you to first find our program because we were interviewing that group. Uh, uh, and we're glad you did. We're, we're really glad that you found us, and we're glad that you contacted us. Uh, uh, and we've been able to set up this interview with you because... Uh, while we share a disgust concerning what the Westboro Baptist Church does, we're also coming from totally different uh, perspectives uh, in regards to other matters. You are a self-professed atheist, Josh, and uh, would like to hear a little bit about your background. Uh, did you grow up in a church, or did you have a religious background, and then decided to change, become an atheist, or how did you get? Uh, in other words. Where are you coming from in that sense? Uh, actually, uh, all different directions. Uh, uh, I actually grew up with a with my uh, grandparents, who were uh, raised Catholic, and and they followed through uh, with Catholic in their lives until probably I was eight, seven or eight years old. And uh, of course, the Catholic Church scares away a lot of people. But I'm sorry. That's that was kind of that was kind of wrong. But uh, um, when uh, when they started going to uh, regular churches, one of the churches that they chose was the Church of Christ, and uh, I went to. Uh, they my grandmother wanted to not only feed my mind but also feed my spirit, so she sent me to uh, church there, and uh, they arranged for me to go to a a summer camp. And I went to uh, church camp, and at church camp, uh, there were a lot of things. I'd already had a, a pretty good education for a nine-year-old, and uh, when I got to church camp, there were just too many things that had contradicted what I learned at the time, and uh, the, uh, the ministers tried to. They weren't. They weren't. Uh, they weren't trying to convince me. They were trying to brainwash me at that time, and and. Uh, all I probably needed at that time was convincing, but uh, they, that gave me kind of an aversion uh, to start off with there. Well, so, because so you I, felt at like, age nine. So you felt like the approach that was used was maybe a little bit too forceful with you and uh, didn't uh, 
come at you the right way? Or I, I think so then. Uh, and then later on in life, I uh, continued my education and just simply uh, was a, what, what one would call a backsliding uh, Christian. I just didn't go to church. I didn't pay any attention to anything. And then later on, I started looking around again and, and uh, exploring exploring religion, exploring exploring God, exploring Jesus Christ, and several different religions. And, uh, you know, went back to church several times. I've been baptized uh, probably three times that uh, in my adult years. I'm not going to count anything before 18. Uh, just, in my, just in my adult years, I've been baptized three times, still looking for uh, that, uh, that kind of experience that everyone else garnered from their baptism. And uh, so it's really an absence of evidence. Well, would you, uh, how long, uh, when, when would you, if you were going to put a sort of a time in your life, when did you say, okay, that's it, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God, and I'm just going to take this route? Well, actually, uh, believe it or not, I didn't even know what the word was until I was about 21. I'd never heard the word before in my life until I was about 21 years old. I just realized that uh, at that time I just didn't have a belief in in God. And I think that's the thing that uh, uh, really needs to be one of the things I'd like to say is that if you look at the definitions uh, of atheism that are spread by people, uh, they're really not the what one would call the textbook definition of atheism. Well, I wanted to ask you about that. What what do you what do you in other words? How, do you distinguish yourself from an agnostic, someone who's just not certain, uh, or, or do you believe that you know there is no God? Well, uh, a gnostic gnostic has to do with knowledge. Uh, uh, the, the 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 root word has to do with knowledge. And I propose to tell you that I don't think that either one of us, any of us, could know, you know, that uh, that one way or the other. There's always going to be, you know, some kind of doubt on everyone. The agnostics are people who just simply just admit that they don't know. But an atheist is someone who lacks a positive belief in a god or any gods. Uh, Josh, you mentioned that uh, you didn't have any type of experience when you were baptized, and uh, tell me what it, what it would take for you to to be a theist or someone who believes in God. Well, that's a good, that's a great question, Jacob. Uh, I've been asked that question a, a lot of times, and and really, I mean, it's not something that you can pin down. There's not some, there's not one uh, single formula. Uh, to to convince you know that that would be like a resounding evidential basis for a belief in God for me. Um, now let, to 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 give you one thing that I've always said is I've always uh, longed to meet a uh, what I would consider to be someone who was the, a true Christian and and a true Christian by the aspect of uh, probably someone who evidences. Uh, Every one of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. Um, so, okay, so I mean, there, I, in, in, there the, in some of the things you said, Josh, I see a couple things that maybe are some reasons why you're an atheist, and you can maybe give me some more. One of them is I think you said you didn't have any type of positive experience when you were baptized. I'll, I'll tell you, I didn't either, and Dad, I don't think you did either. Uh, we don't believe that, uh, that you know, we're going to get some type of... Uh, 
moving experience when we're baptized. A lot, of, a lot of religious people do claim a sort of better felt than told religious experience. We're not of the opinion that that's how God works in people today, that he doesn't assure us of our salvation by some emotional, overwhelming uh, experience. So, so that's what... And that's, that's what, I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I understand. I understand that aspect. I mean, there are there are churches where uh, just the baptism is a, a an act of faith, and and there are churches where when you are baptized, you will have you know the the benefit of you know the Spirit coming upon you. Well, I see that as one reason why maybe, and then another. I guess you just you mentioned there is that you didn't you haven't really met what you'd call a true Christian. So I guess you would say the hypocrisy in the lives of people who claim to be Christians is one reason why. You're not a Christian, and why you believe you, uh, that you, why you don't believe in God? Is that correct? Yeah, that could yeah, uh, that would be another reason there for sure. Uh, well, are you talking about at, some people like Shirley Phelps Roper and the Westboro Baptist Church? Those kind of people got you turned off against tele, religion. Probably some televangelists have turned you off as well. Uh, well, you know, Doctor Dino, Ken Hovine, his problems. Benny Hinn, yeah, uh, right. his problems. He turns me off too. Jim Baker, yeah, they, they, I, I they all turn me off. We could list. We could list a ton of them. Yeah. Uh, there are some other aspects of this that cause me to uh, be one of the people who claims that religious belief could be a detriment to society. Well, hang on just uh, a minute, Josh, before you pass from that. Let me ask you. know, there have been some pretty deplorable atheists in the history of the world, too. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and so if, if, if we're going to make our decision based upon the kind of people who have, have held a particular view, either believing in God or not believing in God, we could find bad people on both sides of that equation. And so that, that I mean, I understand that that may be a, a thing that, that uh, holds sway in some people's mind, but it seems to me like that that can't be used as the, as the ultimate decision maker when, when no. the, the, there's, you know, people on both sides that are, are actually deplorable in their conduct. Absolutely. There, there absolutely is. And I, I feel it's the responsibility of, other people who do have a good ethical basis, a, a good moral value structure, uh, to uh, police the world, I, I suppose would be the, the best terminology of the the more aberrant aspects of humanity. I mean, Josh, hold that we, thought. We know, hold that thought. It's time for us to take a break, and when we get back, we'll talk with you some more about some reasons why uh, you're an atheist and why you deny the existence of God. Give us a call at 931-381-4567 if you'd like to talk with Josh. If you have any questions or comments you'd like to make on the program tonight, or send us an email with your thoughts as we talk about atheism with Josh from Columbia on the phone tonight. The number to call is 931-381-4567. The email address to use is questions at collegeview.com. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in a study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to 
to us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we will hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. Hello, this is Preston Jackson from Valdosta, Georgia, and you're listening to the virtual Bible study. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. Welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. We're glad that you're with us, and we want to hear from you. We're talking with Josh. He's a professed atheist, and we want to talk to him and find out why he takes the position that he takes, and we'd like you to join in on the discussion. You can talk with Josh or with us on the phone at 931-381-4567. Call in now. Or send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. In fact, you can call. We've got two lines available tonight, so you can call and talk to us and Josh while he's on the air with us. So uh, if you're thinking you have to wait till we clear the line with Josh, you don't have to tonight. We can get you on while we're talking to Josh. Josh, uh, j- just before we get any further in this, I mean, you're, you're pretty committed to the position that you take. It's not uh, – uh, maybe some of our discussion has left – the the impression that maybe you sort of waver on this, you're not sure one, but you're pretty strong into atheism. In fact, um, ABC News recently, in fact, I've got uh, an article here, Dateline January 30th of this year, talking about something that's going on uh, and has kind of, I guess, gotten started over the internet, calling the blasphemy challenge, uh, where that will group- be correct. Where, where a group is actually getting people who do not believe in God to make a statement with the express intention of blaspheming the Holy Spirit because, you know, the Bible says that those who blaspheme the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven and, and basically saying, we don't care because we don't believe in God and we don't think there's any threat or any danger in that. And so we're going to do it. We're going to blaspheme God. And my understanding is that you have participated in that. Yes, yes, I, I have. Uh... I, I, I'm actually uh, one of the uh, moderators on uh, the website that uh, began that blasphemy challenge. So I'm only bringing that up. I'm not bringing that up to pre- uh, prejudice anybody's mind here, but I'm just bringing that up to point out you're really committed in your in your position. You're not wavering. You don't you don't have any self doubts. Well, you think this is the right way to go. Uh, actually, uh, when, when you look at it, I'm I'm 34. I've spent a a great deal of my life uh, searching for for the answers, searching for my answer that fits, fits uh, my uh, thinking, and it's simply mine alone. Um, and the aspect of being committed to the cause isn't so much as a uh, hating anyone or or you know uh, being uh, disrespectful to anyone. The blasphemy challenge and, and things that we do like that are, are more of a uh, base for uh, unification, uh, for unifying us. Um, you know, when when you look at when you ask someone on the street, you know, what faith they are, they'll say Christian. Well, it's it, it, we don't have that as a, a, a atheist. There are no there are no atheist groups. When you say you're an atheist, people lump you in with that stereotyping. You know, that's carrying a typical category that, that they've been taught uh, to think of, you know. So it's really, you know, you can't characterize someone by their race, so you shouldn't really characterize someone based upon one aspect of their ideology. Uh, All right. Uh, the number to call is 931-381-4567 or questions at collegeview.com. 
Josh, let's let's ask uh, some of the questions that are obviously at the heart of this issue. If there is no God, and in other words, I'm I'm arguing from your point, or I'm asking this question from your point of view, since you believe there is no God, what is your explanation for how you got here, how we got here, how the physical universe got here? What is your understanding, or what what explanation would you offer to people who who simply would ask the question, "How did we get here? If there is no God, if there is no supreme being, no creator of the universe, how did we get here?" Well, I. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, dodge the question, but I would like to, to to first say that I'm more concerned with uh, the modern day than I am with you know whatever happened you know billions of years ago or 6,500 years ago. Uh, so it, when when we talk about how we got here, um, there are a lot of explanations. There are a lot of things that sound really good to our our sense of logic. There are a lot of things that just sound like a, a very quick, easy answer. But um, when when I listen to a couple of your programs about evolution, uh, you know, you you guys have have actually done some of the research, but there, it it falls into another ideological category. Well, Josh, and, and so my my answer to that is, is how we got here is by the process of natural selection by by evolution. Um, and by the aspects of species, speciation, and not so much Darwinian, you know, his base theory, but what we've learned in the past 155 years since, you know, Darwin's uh, Darwin's first thesis. All right, let's let's go back one step farther than that. Then, how did how did the Earth that we're on today get here? Yeah, we're asking. What we're asking oh, more is oh. not not just so much. I, I think we would understand that coming from atheism, you you would almost uh, automatically accept <clears throat> the evolutionary process. But to take that back a step further. How did the physical universe itself come into existence, even before life existed on planet Earth? If that's how you believe, you know, it oh. got here. Yeah, sure. Um, well, we have uh, there. There are theories. I'm not going to even call them theories yet. I'm going to call them hypotheses uh, starting. I'm not even going to give credence to the Big Bang by calling it the Big Bang theory. I'm not going to call it a a theory at all. It's a hypothesis. But uh, there are a lot of programs now that are researching what happens on a quantum level, you know, the the tiniest of particles. Um, In fact, in in Europe right now, they're building a large, uh, what's called a particle accelerator, that is going to take some very tiny particles and accelerate them and smash them together to kind of show what how matter is uh, altered into state uh, from uh, the the quantum submatter. Now, where that matter came from is still another step backwards. You know, you've got that's when you go into the theoretical physics, and that's something that you know you nor I. <laughs> should have any kind of like opinion about because uh, we don't really understand the, the quantum physics. That's something that they're going to have to experiment with, show us, and then use the process of science to explain it and make it re make it uh, almost a well, testable phenomenon. Okay, but even if the Big Bang happened, and if, for sake of argument, let's just say it did happen at some point in the way, way distant past. Let's say that they're, let's say that they're able to prove a Big Bang. 
the Big Bang itself would still require that matter existed in order for the Big Bang to take place. And, and so either there's really, as I see it, only a, a couple of three options available here. Either matter always existed, it is eternal, or matter created itself out of nothing, or there is a, a, a superior force that is outside of the physical universe and superior to it. Now, well, now then, my question after after we approach those three aspects is: if the matter is always existing, then it's always been here, always going to be here. Uh, the second aspect of that, we we know by by obser- observations that nothing comes from. You know, that something doesn't come from nothing. Okay, so... Th- and then the aspect of the third one, uh, a supreme being, my question then becomes, where did that supreme being come from? Okay, so basically you've eliminated the second option, as I would I, I would agree with you. Ma- nothing comes from nothing. Matter can't create itself. Scientifically, that would be a contradiction. So, so we really only got two options. Either matter is eternal, or the physical universe was created by something that is superior to the physical universe and outside of its bounds. Now, I think that we can prove scientifically that matter is not eternal. For instance, let me give you an example here, Josh. Uh, Think about radioactivity. We know that there's natural radioactivity in the physical universe, and, and even there's some effort on the part of scientists to date things based upon levels of radioactivity because it decays, it goes away. And they can, they have actually coined the term radioactive clocks. And, uh, and, and so if, well, if the yeah. universe was eternal, if matter was eternal, all the radioactivity in the universe would have decayed to nothing. There wouldn't be anything radioactive in the world or in the universe if matter was eternal you see you see my argument there i I see your argument but i i think that uh you need to look at what happens to that uh uh, radiation what happens what happens to the radiation because the 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 theory of relativity is an equation when something changes in it the other side changes also Uh. so when 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 radiation when radioactivity is present in something it is only present because it's, uh, the the atoms are getting rid of uh, the uh, the uh, right. That's exactly yeah, exa- material. Exactly. But what I'm saying is, if matter was eternal, then all of that would have happened long ago, and there wouldn't be any radioactivity left in the universe if that was the case. That's that's my argument exactly. All right, let's go to the well, phones. Nine three one three eight one four five six seven is the number that George in Bowling Green, Ohio, is called. Hello, George. Welcome to the virtual Bible study. To be with you tonight. Thank you for calling. Uh, I'd like to ask Josh a question, if I could. Okay. Josh, can you hear the caller? No, I sure can't hear George. Okay, George, uh, let's on try it one more time there. Okay, go ahead, George. Uh, can I ask Josh a question? Sure can. Josh, can you hear George? Yes, I can now. Okay, good. Okay, I can barely hear him. Uh, uh, Josh, uh, you're apparently a fairly intelligent man. Uh, I'd like to, my background is engineering physics, and I just wonder, how do you talk about uh, things uh, such as you are? Uh, well, how do you handle th- such things as the law of causation? 
there is a cause and effect in about everything we do. Now, how do you uh, handle the law of causation uh, in uh, in regard to your your uh, theory? Okay, I. It broke up a little bit there for me. Josh, he's basically asking you to deal with the question of causation, cause and effect. How do you deal oh. with that? Well, that's that's uh, for all of us to look at, uh, really on an individual basis as well, uh, because we have to figure out how. Uh, so we're gonna when when we look at the cause and effect, we can see the effect. And then we go backwards from there. Instead of, you know, estimating a cause for the effect, instead of just uh, assuming a cause, we want to find out what the cause was, how the cause worked, what caused that cause. So it's a, it's an infinite regression. George, do you have a follow-up? Uh, I just want to think probably a little bit different than that, but uh, I understand, Josh, that you were baptized in the Church of Christ. Yes, yes, that's correct. It is correct. Uh, what seemed to fail you in 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 there uh, as far as baptism for the remission of sins? Uh, something that seemed to have been lacking when you talked about that. I wonder if you could explain uh, why you was baptized. Even. Did, I don't know oh. I, did you catch that, Josh? Why were you baptized, and and why was that not? Uh, was there something lacking there, something that just didn't satisfy, something that didn't fulfill what you were longing for? Well, I think uh, I tried to force faith uh, in the, into myself. I wanted, I wanted myself to believe, because really uh, we, we want to be just like everyone else. You know, we want to fit into the group, and, and more so than anyone else, you know, I already felt like an outsider. So I wanted to... Uh, try that path, and I, so I just cast myself into it. I gave I gave it my all, uh, every ounce of my mind and and body. And if there's a soul in there, I threw it in too. Uh, so I really did go into it with an open mind. I try to approach everything with an open mind. But as I said, you know, I'm 34 and. Uh, the absence of evidence is pretty overwhelming right now. So. Thank, thank you for your call tonight, George. Let me ask you a question along those lines, Josh. And uh, you know, I don't want to be uh, too personal here. If you don't have to answer, if you don't want to, in that process of uh, of trying to, uh, I guess, find faith, as you might uh, term it, how much time did you spend uh, studying the Bible? Oh, since the age, since the first age, I could read. Uh, we were reading the Bible. I was given a children's Bible, and I believe it was for my fifth birthday. And uh, so I've read the Bible. Oh, I can't even count how many times. Okay, let's take a break. Uh, let's take a break, and then when we come back, we'll continue the discussion with Josh. Josh is an atheist, and we're trying to discuss uh, his position, compare it to our position, and find out uh, why he believes what he believes. If you'd like to talk with Josh, the phone is open now. The line is open, 931-381-4567. Or email us questions at collegeview.com. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Hello. Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? 
Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great, I'll see you there. Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd. But don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. It just might find it is easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by College of Church of Christ. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. Welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. Again, we're talking with Josh. Josh is an atheist, and we want to find out why he believes what he believes. The number to call is 931-381-4567, or questions at collegeview.com. But Josh, uh, I know you've got some things you want to cover, but let me really quickly take to some emails that we're getting as we've been discussing this. Got an email from Larry in Lubbock, Texas, and he says, My brother's a Nazarene living in New Jersey. His father-in-law was a Nazarene preacher, and my brother went to college and served as a missionary in Brazil with his wife working as a Nazarene nurse. Their son, upon reaching adulthood, forsook his upbringing and became an atheist. I spent a lot of time via email discussing this with him, but to no avail. One thing I learned is that the argument that something cannot come from nothing doesn't work anymore. The modern atheist believes that something came from nothing in the eons ago and then everything evolved to its present state. It seems to be more reasonable to believe in an intelligent eternal being than to believe something came from nothing. I wonder if the, if the atheist on the program tonight believes as set forth above. Do you believe that something came from nothing, Josh, or do you believe in eternal matter? I guess those are the only really alternatives, aren't they? That's that really. I mean, when you look at it, that's true. That's the only alternatives. And, you, and uh, I think you've already have to be. Matter think, would have to be. I'm sorry. Well, I, I thought I, I think from what you said earlier that you you uh, basically believe in eternal matter. Is that not right? That's correct. Okay. Uh, we got to now, now. We need to we need to address the fact that that matter was not, probably not always in the state that we're in now. That that matter was probably in like a subatomic state. So, you know, in other words, you believe, you, I think you probably believe in the idea that th- throughout eternity of time, eternity and time are, are oxymoronic, but in, in, in the eternity of the ages, that there have been various oscillations leading to maybe multiple Big Bangs. Uh, in other words, uh, matter expands until finally it begins to contract upon itself again and it, and it contracts to the point of another Big Bang and so forth. Is that right? Well, that's the one that seems to make the most sense to me. Uh, that's to me. Uh, like I said, I'm not a particle physicist, but when you when you uh, when you analyze what exactly goes into that, given the fact that we are in a a almost an infinite universe from our knowledge, and uh, we have to look at the fact that something affects it. Well, if something affects it. That something could be your your supreme being or you know, simple physical law with uh, gravity, uh, with uh, nuclear uh, nuclear bonding, uh, and, and you know, basically quantum physics uh, has made more sense than just simply the the easy answer of God did it. Okay, let me take so. another let me, another question from Don. Uh, Don says, I'd like to ask the guest if his unbelief in God is a result of weighing both sides of the issue and then making a conscious decision not to believe in God. How would you answer that, yes or no, uh, Josh? 
Let me hear that question again. It, is your belief in God a result of weighing both sides of the issue and then making a conscious decision not to believe in God? Well, it's not a. Uh, it's not to believe. It's just that I don't have a belief. Okay, but you have. You would. You. I think you would answer that you have weighed. You believe you have weighed both sides of the issue. Uh, yeah, I feel that I, I still do. I feel that uh, uh, humans actually, despite what we've been encountering despite what we've been encountering, humans are open-minded people. You know, we, we're going to, we're not going to completely close out any influence at all. Okay, now he has a follow-up question. If you did in the past believe in God, and of course I think you said you really didn't, you never developed a point, to a point of faith, but uh, he, he asked the question, would faith in God come from a conscious decision on your part, or is it a gift given by God himself to the believer? Uh, I take it that our emailer, Don, probably believes that faith is a gift from God. In other words, you can't have faith unless God gives you faith. I, I would I would disagree with that. I believe faith comes from weighing the evidence. Well, and um, actually, if we delve into the Bible, uh, you know, Jesus tells us even if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you know, it, it can grow into something great, you know, so it's a... It, all you, all there is, is just that one little bit, and you, and that's when the spirit's supposed to help you take over and uh, build upon that faith. You know, you, uh, if if we look at the Bible, the Bible basically backs up that, uh, you know, yes, faith is a gift, but faith also has to come from uh, a, a willingness. Let to, me ask you. Open up. Yeah. So, so you're saying basically you've never had the had that mustard seed to grow. In your in your well, history. you know, I had the mustard seed, but uh, the the nurturing elements probably weren't there. But uh, you know, the when the mustard seed's there, but you know, there's no Holy Spirit uh, to make it to make it grow. Then you know, it kind of fell away. So I suppose you know, to put it in metaphorical terms, I suppose. All right, uh, Josh. Let me ask you a question. Um, we talked a little bit about how we believe we got here. Why do you believe you are here? What, what's your purpose for existence? I have no purpose except uh, to live, and um, I, I'm, I, I count myself very, very lucky to, to be me, but uh, at the same time, I'm, I'm just another creature. Uh, but I, humans, have that, humans have evolved that special sense of you know, a consciousness that, we, that was discussed in an early program, that consciousness that evolved came from a a desire to continue the species. So you know, so, I, I'm I'm looking at it that humans are here for the future too. So you're, we, we need, but basically, oh, when ahead. we when we boil it down, you would just say that you're a uh, collection of cells, I guess, and your purpose in life is to stay alive. Absolutely. And then, Absolutely. and then, when you're dead, what kind of hope do you have? Well, you know, if if I'm going to have to hope in an afterlife and that's going to affect the way that I'm living, um, then I probably, uh, you know, you're going to spend all of your life worrying about how you're going to die and uh, or how you're going to live forever. And if you mess up during this life, you're not going to live forever. I'd rather spend my life now uh, with with the hope that I have here for the future. And I'd rather spend my life now with uh, uh, kind of the, 
Uh, this is this is another one of those hard questions, Jake. Uh, <laughs> but basically, Josh, aren't you saying that you your hope is purely here and now? There's nothing that you have no hope beyond this present life. Your your purpose for being here is to live and to propagate yourself and propagate the human race. Really, no different. <laughs> Well, I mean, in broadest general terms, I don't, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to uh, be indelicate there, but basically, in broadest terms, we are here, all of us as human beings, are here to live, live for the moment, live for our present gratification, and to preserve the species, to prolong the species. Well, uh, not only for, not only for present, present gratification, but for, for gratification in the hope of the future being a, a better place too okay now let me ask you josh just i mean and and uh, this this may lead you wanted to talk some about how people have some misconceptions about what atheists believe but how does that view i mean we have a consciousness we can think about it and we can talk about it but in reality how does that how does that differ from the animal in the field who has the same thing he he lives for the moment he lives for you know whatever gratification he can receive from the instant and of course, he has a basic drive to preserve the species, to propagate himself, to continue his kind. How how are we different from that in the atheistic view? As well as our knowledge grows, uh, especially in the neuroscience field, we're discovering, you know, why we do certain things. We can we can analyze our emotions and find out what parts of the brain are clicking there. And uh, one of the things that is uh, noticeable so far is that uh, the area between your memory and your co- and your uh, uh, cognitive thinking is uh, one of the things that separates us from the animals. In the fact that our memories are uh, our memory lobe is much larger and more complex than theirs, and that probably has served us in the past to to continue our species to. Uh, to uh, rise above, you know, adversity. Now, I'm sure at some point in time, uh, somebody's going to say, well, mutations are bad. I, I remember that on one of the shows. Well, I, if you look at the fact that uh, perhaps something in the caveman times, uh, uh, one of the mutations off of that was a smaller body but a larger mind. So that gave the mind more resources to well, use. But back to my question, Josh, though, I mean, is it fair or would it be a misrepresentation of you to say that you understand us to simply be the highest of the animal chain? In other words, we are an animal. We are, in effect, not different from the animals of the field in in our reason for existence and our purpose here and our hope for the future is not really different. Uh, is that is, fair or not fair? I don't want to put anything on you. It it is different in the aspect that uh, we're not the we are are along the same evolutionary lines as all the other creatures. But why? Uh, because but, but why if are we, we look different? at sharks? Oh, I'm sorry. But why are, why are we why are we different though? I guess is the the root of the question here. Why are we any different than than a horse or a cow? Well, uh, that that would be our that would be our brain capacities. You know, if you look at the measure, well, I, I, of I, mean, I think that's obvious to everybody that that humans are of a higher intellectual capacity than a cow in the field. But, but that's not really a my cow question. Has a, a cow has more intellectual capacity than an earthworm, but he's still an animal. So, so why are we different than than a cow or an earthworm? Why are we different? 
that's an odd question because we are different. As to why... Well, no, um, I guess in what sense are we different, or how do we... We understand we differ in, in, in levels of intelligence or intellectual capacity, but in, 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 we're asking more on the, on the very basic level of why are we here, what's our purpose for existence and our hope for the future. And, and again, I, my understanding of your view is to basically say there's not any difference. Uh, oh. In other words, we can philosophize about it, but in, when you boil it all down, we are here for the same purpose that the cow in the field is here. That is to live uh, to live the best that we can in the moment and to further our race or further our species and and then die. Well, the, the, the trick lies into one of the differences between us and the cow in the field is the fact that we know happiness, we know, we know joy, we know, uh, we know the feeling of gratification. Uh, so when I talk about making the future better, uh, that gives me present gratification here. You know, if I if I look at the way I'm living my life, and I see that my way is affecting the future, that uh, I've done something to help someone else, I get gratification from that. I, I feel that that's probably one of the things that uh, people don't think about is the fact that the way we feel when we do something good. You know. Uh, well, I, I understand, but that goes, that goes, I think, Josh, to our intellectual capacity to be able to understand such things, but I, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm sort of trying to, to direct you to a more basic level of consideration, but, um, I'm sorry, I'm not understanding the question. No, I, no, I, I, I appreciate your answer. I just, I, I was just trying to get more at the root reason. We've come up against a break time again. We're going to take a break here. If you'd like to get a question into Josh, we've got some emails we want to get to as soon as the, uh, we're back from the break. If you'd like to get an email question in or like to call on the phone, do that. Our email address is questions at collegeview.com. You can call us at 931-381-4567. We'll be right back. All right. Stay tuned. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. I'm Tom Goodall, a member of College View's Church of Christ. Do you have a question about what has been said on the virtual Bible study tonight? Perhaps you disagree with something that was said, or would just like more information about what you've heard. If so, we'd love to hear from you. Please contact us with any questions or comments that you might have. Email us at questions at collegeview.com, and we can discuss any of your questions or comments with you privately or over email. Or if you would like to speak with someone in person, call us at 931-381-4567. Our promise to you is that we'll do our very best to give you a Bible answer for anything that we do or teach, and that we will do so in a loving manner. So if you have any questions or comments about our program tonight or any Bible subject, email us at questions at collegeview.com or call 931-381-4567. Thanks for listening to tonight's virtual Bible study, and we hope to hear from you soon. Hello, my name's Jeffrey Vernon. I'm 13, and this is the Virtual Bible Study. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. Welcome back to the Virtual Bible Study. We're glad that you joined us tonight. You've got about 15 more minutes if you'd like to talk with Josh, our friend who's joined us on the program tonight. Josh is an atheist, and we're trying to just understand why he believes what he believes what he believes. And uh, we want to hear from you. 931-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com is the email address to use. We have several emails for you, Josh. Here's some uh, questions our listeners would like to ask you. 
Josh, I've got an email from uh, Preston down in Valdosta, Georgia. Preston says, I want to say to Josh that I appreciate his courage to voice his belief publicly. But beside that, atheism blows my mind. He says, my dad is an agnostic and much of his family is also. I know he has said that he wants God to show himself to him. In other words, his dad wants God to show himself. But if there is a God of any kind, who are we to say that God has to prove himself to us? Who are we to have our thinking be something that God has to fit into in order to believe in him? Well, uh, the the answer to that would be, um, why would God need us to believe in him? Uh, And my answer answer to that, Josh, is he doesn't. Oh, that, okay. That's, we, that's a good answer, Jacob. Well, and, and we the, the 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 real answer to that question is we need to believe in God because as we talk to you about your hope and uh, and your reason for being here and how you got here, that answers those questions and it it gives us that happiness and that joy and that gratification that you've talked about the fact that humans have that capacity, and and I would propose to you, Josh, that you, we can't fully understand that until we have a faith in God and we understand uh, our reason for being here. Well, I don't really think that uh, anyone needs uh, God in order to feel good, uh, to feel good about doing something good. Um, so often I hear people that do things in God's name and or for Jesus, and, and it's not really, I mean, the, the gratification from that really could go, go to yourself, too. I mean, you're the one that's doing the work. Hey Josh, so, got to, got to go kind of rapid fire here. Got a bunch of emails. I want right. you to just and you can just sort of do you know quick quick fire answers to these, and we'll see if we can cover them. Uh, Roddy in Alpharetta, Georgia, writes and says, in regards to the comment about his study of the Bible, did he ever have any issues with anything the Bible stated that may have caused his disbelief? Well, we could go into the Old Testament and the the six hundred and thirteen laws of the mitzvot. You know, I mean, we could go into you know things. You know, well, do, do you, you of course, I don't want to. I don't want us to get off into a discussion, inspiration right now, because that's a whole nother discussion we couldn't even begin to cover tonight. But do, do you have some? Do you have a personal conviction that the Bible is full of contradictions or other things? I think that's what the questioner is asking there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there are quite there are quite a few contradictions in the Bible. Okay, that of uh, course that's where we would have a point of disagreement, and we've studied that in the past, and need to study that more in the future about inspiration. But I, we'll take that answer. Let me give you a question from Jim in Somerset, Kentucky. He says, "I'd like to hear an explanation from Josh concerning the the philosophy of eternity. If matter, if the matter he is speaking of were eternal, it would have completed the process that is now occurring, literally an eternity ago." Now, did you follow that statement? In other words, if matter well, eternal, whatever's happening now should have already been finished a long time ago. And, and it very well could have. We we addressed that with the that kind of like cyclic universe okay, theory. Right. Okay. And and then he, big things. I, I I understand your answer. And he says, how is that more reasonable than believing in an omnipotent eternal God who created uh, a time regulated universe? So that's that's his. Uh, and I would agree with Jim. That seems more logical to me. But I accept your answer. Uh, uh, well, well, there's another point to that too. Is that we we look at the universe as a very complex thing, and, and a complex thing such as the universe will require a complex creator. And so, if if you we can't just have that 
simple creation act. It has to be, you know, how did God order the universe would be the other part of that. Well, if we have an omnipotent God, he can form it any way that he wants. Right, it would be a very complex God. But God is complex, complex and we agree, and we believe he is a very complex God, and uh, and the way that he formed it is beyond our understanding. And, uh, you know, you talk about an, a particle accelerator to try and give you an idea of how uh, the universe could be uh, created and trying to figure all that out, we say that an omnipotent God created it, and uh, he did it in ways beyond our understanding. Quickly, going to another question from a from an emailer in Ohio. Please ask Josh, why does the human being have a sense of consciousness and not the animal world, and why does not the animal and why does not the animal, if we evolve from the animal, in other words, I, I, I've wondered this too, how do we have a, a, an appreciation for beauty and so forth that the animals don't have? Where did that come from? Uh, well, that is that appreciation for beauty, that, that part of our consciousness that, that I guess separates us from the beasts of the field is, is uh, something that at some point has served our species. In other words, it's an evolutionary uh, process. It's an right. evolutionary process. Right. Uh, question from Aaron in Louisiana. Aaron says, Josh, do you believe that it's possible for men to accurately predict future events in the absence of evidence? For example, do you believe that it was possible for Old Testament writers to predict so many things about the life and death of Jesus or for Daniel to predict the dominant world power of Greece 200 years? Uh, he predicted it would come, and it didn't come till 200 years after his death, or for Jesus to accurately depict the fact that Jerusalem would not survive for a generation beyond his life, has an atheist ever given detailed, unerring predictions of that sort, or do you believe that these things were simply fabricated after the fact to make them look like prophecy? In other words, his question basically is, how do you explain the, the prophetic uh, aspect of the Bible? That that would be the the latter part of the question answered it for me. You think uh, you think they were fabricated after the fact? Yes, because well. if we look at the if we look at Jesus, we also have to look at uh, you know, what what other religions of the time were as well. There's many other uh, gods and savior figures of the time. And well, but so, there's 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 a lot of uh, documentary evidence that those prophecies were written, for instance, long before Jesus lived, the prophecies about Jesus, we know, not just based upon what the Bible claims, but upon evidence, hard empirical evidence, that those documents existed before Jesus was born. And so, you know, to, to say they were written after the fact to make them look like prophecy is not true to the hard physical evidence oh, that's available. No, not the, not the documents. Not the documents being fabricated but the actual experience being fabricated so you based de- upon the documents. So you do not you deny that Jesus, the events about Jesus' death and his life actually occurred. Correct, correct. Okay. Um, and I base that on I base that on uh, looking at the fact that there were so many other savior figures prior to and post Jesus that uh, uh, have the exact same story. In fact, a, a famous author. Uh, Lord Raglan, he created a, a book called uh, uh, the the hero the hero formula, I believe. Oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the book now. But he he listed uh, 22 characteristics of uh, uh, savior figures of the time of Jesus, 
and Jesus scored 19 out of 22. Uh, Josh, let me ask you a question. We're about to run out of time. Um, I did a little bit of homework uh, in preparation for talking with you, and I found some videos that you posted on YouTube about your experience down in Alabama with the Westboro Baptist Church. And you referenced a moral code in one of those videos, how that their behavior violated a moral code. Talk to me about your moral code and where you get it. Well, uh, morality is something that's society-based. For instance, you know, what we consider, you know, if we look at the Middle East, uh, some countries over there will cut off the hand of someone who steals something. But here in the United States, that, that behavior seems aberrant to us. So morality is based upon the society that you're in. And I make my, I make my judgments concerning a moral code based upon what is societally acceptable. But I do so on an ethical basis. I do so by studying what I feel is, is uh, what, what makes logical sense as in dealing with other humans. For instance, uh, I, I never want to hurt anyone else. But, what, so, but why not, Josh? What if... Why not hurt someone else? Well, that that speaks straight to the human consciousness. That speaks straight to us in the fact that hurting someone else, you know, it goes back to the golden rule. You know, and the golden rule is pre-Bible. That's something that's always been in, in civilization is the fact that if you do something to someone else, but don't you think, okay, but you. I think you just said something there, Josh. Don't you think that the fact that that's always been in the humankind, that that principle, that that moral sense or consciousness is is inherent in man, is actually an indication that man is not just of the animals, not like the animals. The animals don't have that. In the animal world, it's, uh, you know, the strongest kills the weakest takes what he wants. Uh, we're different from that, and that, that inherent morality or sense of right and wrong is an evidence of the fact that we're created by a creator who instilled that in us. That it didn't come naturally. Naturally, we see the, the natural world, we see the brute beast and how they conduct themselves, and the fact that humans have a higher standard inherent in their, in their consciousness is an indication of the fact that we are not. In other words, we we care for our sick and our infirm. We care for our crippled and for our deformed. They don't do so in the animal world, and, and well, so that that cannot be. In other words, evolu- from the standpoint of evolution and the and the betterment of the species and the survival of the fittest, we would not do that. That's counterproductive to the furtherance and propagation of a strong human species. But we well, do that I, I would... in opposition to. The dictates of the evolutionary process, because we have an inherent sense of right and wrong. Well, I would disagree in the fact that I believe that evidence is evolution. Uh, not only in the fact that we we look now at at the whole human species rather than just our own individual tribes. Uh, there, that speaks of of an evolution. On a global scale. Yeah, but but if it were true, Josh, then it would then it would 
it would constitute the end of the process because that that we are violating the very tenets that supposedly brought us to where we are if evolution is true, if you see what I'm saying. We ought to go to the nursing home tonight, Josh. We ought to go to the nursing home tonight. We ought to kill all of the elderly. And if any, if, if, if any child is born with a birth defect, we ought to go and kill it. That's what evolution would tell us to do. That's what the animals do. So why wouldn't we do the same? Well, that's where you, that's where evolution has made us better people in the fact that we don't do that. In fact, we spend more time and money on both ends of the spectrum, you know, studying life. I mean, biology in its very definition is the, the science of life, the study of life. Well, I, so I, we've evolved into studying life rather than being a victim of life's circumstances. We would, so we as humans have evolved to a place where we can affect our own evolution. Well, Josh, I, let me just summarize some of the things we've talked about tonight. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But as an atheist, we basically said tonight you don't have a definite answer as to why, you, why you're here. You don't have a definite answer as to what your purpose is here other than to gratify yourself and for some kind of future existence here on Earth that you won't have any knowledge of. And that there's really no hope for you beyond this life, this existence. There is no absolute moral standard. The, the society that you live in will dictate that. And so the behavior of those around you really can't be de- deemed right or wrong. And furthermore, you've said that you have... I disagree. You I disagree with the, the right or wrong part, the moral uh, right or wrong part, because... Like I said, morality is defined by people, but ethics are de- are defined by one's own logical examination of the situation. Josh, let me let me let me summarize briefly. I I would just put it this way: if you're if we're wrong and we're pursuing the service of God, we really haven't cost ourselves anything. In fact, we've enriched our lives by the pursuit of what we're doing. If we're wrong. We're still better off for what we're doing. If we're right, we've gained heaven and eternity. You, on the other hand, well, if, if you're wrong, you have lost your eternal soul. If you're right, you've just got the moment to live for. So, I mean, I well, think those the are the all. Part of this, let me let me let me address this one: is uh, if you are right, then yes, your 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 process there is correct. Uh, but what if the God that you serve is not the correct God? Well, that's why uh, that's why we do. Have angered, you have angered that God, and me, I have simply lacked a belief in both of them. But you've angered him as well, Josh. But yes, but... You're no different uh, than I'm us. I'm not against him. I'm not against him. I'm neutral from him. That, but that's why, Josh, that we do. I mean, I hope you understand that we do spend a lot of time studying the evidence that leads us to our point in faith. In other words, we do not believe in a blind leap of faith, but we believe that we have come to a reasonable conclusion based upon... The evidence that we've studied. I hope you understand. I mean, you don't you don't come to the same conclusion, but I hope you understand that we are not people who just have blindly accepted a position without considering the reasons why. Absolutely, Greg Jacob. If I thought for one minute that you were uh, the blind faith type of Christian, then I would not have even uh, bothered to talk to you. Thanks. Josh, we're out of time. We sure do thank you for being on the program with us. We've enjoyed the discussion with you. Uh, you've expressed, uh, you know, maybe the possibility that you'd be open to some other things. Would you continue to study with us? Would, 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 would there be an opportunity for us on a, even a private level to study with you and, uh, cons- and to consider some more things that we weren't able to cover tonight? 
Absolutely. Uh, we can uh, we can continue an email discussion, too, if you'd like, uh, with some of the questions that we didn't get to ask during the show. Okay. All right. Well, we'll be in touch, and we appreciate yeah. your... Yeah, hold uh, the line, Josh. We'll talk uh, when, when the program's over. Yeah, we've got some e- emails that we didn't get to, and we're sorry for the emailers who ro- uh, wrote in and we didn't get to them, but we hope that we've had a beneficial discussion with Josh. Again, thanks a lot, Josh. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the program tonight. We hope you benefit from our discussion, and we hope you'll be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You will never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.